If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And now the end is near, and so I take the final curtain. Actually, it's not. It's not the end, is it? It's a start. It's a brand new beginning of Murder Mile. This is all very exciting, isn't it? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Murder Mile. This isn't really Extra Mile, well, it kind of is, really, isn't it? Um, this is kind of the Q&A episode for 10 Rillington Place and Murder Mile, uh, but also a reminder that this is not the end of Murder Mile, this is just the beginning. Ooh, exciting. I'm going to slurp on me coffee. Um, so, um, for those of you who don't know, if, if you do miss Extra Mile, but you've decided to tune in just for Q, uh, the Q&A episode, uh, which is this, here, hello, how are you? Uh, <laughs> uh, I did uh, originally announce that Murder Mile was going to be coming to an end, just because it's quite it's quite relentless trying to do an, an episode every week, and it's kind of it kind of broke me a bit. Uh, but, because everyone was so lovely, and every, you know, I got so many lovely messages off everyone, literally, not, not just messages just saying, Oh, oh, sorry to hear that. Bye. Literally lovely messages from people. People had really, really sat down and really thought about what they were going to say. And even if it was only in short bursts, it was really, you could tell it was really heartfelt. So obviously Murder Mile has a big place in everyone's hearts. So, because of the listeners, because of you guys, uh, Murder Mile won't be going away anywhere. Uh, what I'm going to be doing is uh, working on a... Uh, well, before that, okay, uh, what my plan was is to do something a little bit happier, so to move on to other podcasts, because uh, I've got, I'm always fizzing full of lovely ideas, and it, you know, for me, having one idea is, is good, but it's, it's kind of, I like variety, I like to keep myself busy all the time, uh, which is why I'm struggling at the moment, because I'm, I'm, I'm on my week off and I don't know what to do. Uh, <laughs> so, um, what I'll be doing over the, over the, the coming year is uh, releasing a variety of different podcasts. So there won't be true crime, but they'll be very different. The idea is that uh, hopefully by the end of the year, you'll have uh, lots of different um, podcasts by me. Like hopefully, hopefully if I can get this right, 
um, not just a podcast each week like with Murder Mile, but maybe a few a week, maybe maybe if I can get to a point, maybe daily, but kind of um, manageable podcast. So, do you know, you, you'll be, for a little while you'll slightly be losing Murder Mile just for a bit, but Murder Mile will be coming back. So the idea with Murder Mile is uh, what I'm going to do, there's loads of really great ideas stories that I really wanted to do but never got the chance to do because they required just they required just so much research to get right um and kind of things like the blackout ripper that took me a year to research and 10 Willington place was like a year's worth of research in about six weeks which I think that's what broke me (laughs) was doing that so um what I'm going to do across the year is roll out some multi-parters some exciting multi-parters like blackout ripper like 10 Willington place uh, but release them across a year, so they'll probably be a little bit shorter, like four episodes. Uh, but my plan is, I've got the first one, I've got three in fact, that I really want to roll out. So the first one is very exciting, um, a slightly more modern one. There's no archive file for this, so I have to I have to find a new way of researching it. Uh, but I've, I've, I've found some incredible research already, so I'm going to dive into that. That'll be a new perspective on a case that people may think they know, but they don't. Uh, the second one... Uh, again, it's going to be a, a relatively famous serial killer, but I will be focusing entirely on the victims' lives, which, as you know, everyone tends to forget, except me, because that's what I focus on. And the third one, this one I have to I have to put away for a little while, because it's going to take me so long to research, because there's nothing really about it, but I know that this is the way to do it. It's going to be a multi-multi-parter. So the idea is it has to be a multi-multi-parter. So it will be, literally, you will get... The first multi-parter, so this this is technically the third, but the first of the multi-multi-parter, the first multi-part of the multi-parter, God, I'm going to have to come up with a better word for this. The first multi-part of the multi-parter will be maybe like a four-parter, and you'll get that, and you can listen to that in its entirety. If you're a binge listener, that's not a problem. You can wait till those four episodes are done and listen to that. And then... Maybe uh, maybe two months after that, you will get another multi-parter. And although it will be a separate story, it's connected to the first multi-parter. And then after that, you'll get another multi-parter. After that, so the third of the third multi-parters. Uh, and that will be connected to all the other two. So it'll be like a running story. So if you want to, you can you can wait a whole year and listen to all 12, if that's what they're going to be, or 15, or whatever it is, because I haven't quite decided yet. It's... It's a big case, but yeah, um, uh, that end one is going to be bigger, and not a lot has been written about it, uh, and it's a little bit controversial. So I need to sit down carefully, and that's why I'm putting it last. I need, I need, I need a good amount of time to really, really nail this down properly. But uh, it's going to be interesting, and uh, the idea is it's going to make you rethink everything that you already know about the stories that we've told on Murder Mile. It's 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 a it's a biggie. It really is a biggie. So I'm looking forward to that. So that'll be exciting. Mm. So, but <clears throat> the idea is that with Murder Mile now, instead of it being weekly, I know it'll take a while to get used to. You'll go, you'll be like, it's Thursday. Where's my Murder Mile? What the plan is is that uh, hopefully they'll feel a little. Bit, it'll give me time to do the other episodes, do the other podcasts, but also they'll start to feel a little bit more special. Do you know when it plops into your podcatcher, you go, "Oh, it's Murder Mile! Fantastic!" And then you get all excited, and you rush out, and then you listen to it. And go, oh shit! Uh, so, so that if so, uh, if you've missed that extra mile for the last couple of episodes, this is where Murder Mile is going. So, 
going on a bit of a hiatus now. Um, I'm going to be rolling out the new podcasts, hopefully uh, soon. I need to sit down and start working on them. Um, they'll be very exciting. I'm very excited about them already. And in there, I will uh, be putting a kind of a, a launch date for when Murder Mile, the new special, comes back. But, um, yeah, the plan really is, with the new Murder Miles, is not to put a strict deadline on them. I think that's what broke me with the others, is, you know, because obviously I have to research it and then re-research it, because I'm finding the story within, and then I have to write it, I have to write it as a story, I have to do, I do my own research into the victims, which is hard work, and then when I edit it, obviously I create most of the sounds as well, so, so you literally everything you in there except the music is created by me so uh, pretty much from scratch so that's why they take so long and that's why they're a bit of a killer so from this point onwards i'm gonna just be rolling out murder miles when they're ready as opposed to rushing rushing them uh, and not getting everything exactly right um which will be great brilliant okay so uh moving on with stuff i'm gonna have another slurp of tea Uh, just wanted to say a, a, a little thank you to uh, Kira and Kerry, who I was talking to last night on the, the They Walk Among Us uh, discussion group. Uh, they they gave uh, said, uh, I can't speak. What's going on? Uh, they, they were saying, uh, uh, we were talking about um, merchandise, I believe. I can't remember why. Oh, no, about the, the upcoming <coughs> special Murder Mile walk that I can't talk about at the moment. Uh, and they were saying if I could do the walk, the walk in a reg voice, which would be good. But then they, they mentioned about uh, having a Reg Christie ringtone, which I think thought was a very nice idea. So I'm going to work on a Reg Christie ringtone today. Uh, I'm going to record it, uh, and then hopefully by the time this goes out, it should be in the merch shop, uh, if I can get that right. So, yeah. So um, I can't remember what Reg's phrase is. What is his phrase? What is his phrase? It's not the cup of tea one. Uh, oh, uh, I prefer it if you call me Reg. Well, have have one of that, so you can have that as your as your text alert. So that should be in the merch shop very shortly. Uh, okay, patrons, new patrons. Even this is fantastic. Even though Murder Mile is coming to a kind of a slight hiatus, it's got new new patrons, which is really lovely. So, uh, so um, thank you to everyone who who stayed with me. That's been really fabulous. Thank you to those of you who. Um, have kind of moved away from Patreon, but are still supporting the podcast. That's great. As I, I sent everyone a, a kind of a note saying, you know, you don't have to stay with Patreon while we're going through this transitional thing. I wouldn't expect it of people to kind of hang around, but you know, many people have, which has been fantastic and new patrons, which is fantastic. So um, a big thank you to uh, Rene Roskem, Jenny Pearson and Rosemary Hayes. Thank you, you guys. Uh, that's very much appreciated. Uh, thank you for being a patron. It will be a little bit quiet on Patreon for a little while because obviously I don't have any anything extra to give out because I'm not creating any episodes. But all my Patreon listeners, oh, nice select group of you on there. Uh, they're all going to be getting all of the first episodes of these new podcasts before everyone else. Sorry, guys, but, you know, they pay the bills. Um, so, and also they... Um, their money has actually helped pay for uh, new equipment as well. So I've just gone out and bought a very nice, very handy kind of portable uh, recorder. So instead of the big bulky one that I've got here that requires setup and stuff like that, 
uh, what I want to do is to, to make the new podcast a little bit more accessible for me and a little bit easier, you know, less edit heavy, because obviously the, the post-production on Murder Mile is huge sometimes. Sometimes it's, it's like some of them have taken five days to edit, which is not good when you when it's a weekly podcast. But the, the, the idea with the new ones is that I'll kind of pre-rehearse them a little bit better um, and then I can record them on the hoof and just, you know, uh, just do them in 10 minute chunks and then I'll decide oh yeah no take two was good and then I don't have to edit them which would be great so it'd be a portable recorder that I can use in different locations so thank you to uh my patron listeners uh you guys have helped pay for that that's fantastic I've also reserviced the laptop again uh and uh I'm gonna get myself a little a little tiny um not a laptop, but just just kind of like an iPad or something, it's just so I can write on the hoof, like when I'm when I'm out walking, uh, so I can start writing some of the uh, the new ideas for the podcast. I'm gonna try and make everything a little bit more accessible for me, so I'm not tied to one laptop, one battery. I can just keep working and working and working while I'm walking as well, which I love. So. Uh, so thank you to uh, Rene, Jenny and Rosemary. Thank you guys and thank you to all of my Patreon supporters and everyone who has supported Murder Mile. <gasps> right, just to say, just to say, just to say, there's lots of just to say going on today. Um, uh, it's Valentine's Day coming up soon. So by the time uh, this episode goes out tomorrow, I'm actually recording this yesterday. If you're listening to this tomorrow, which is today. Hang on, I've confused that. Okay, yeah, if you're listening to this today, which is Thursday, the day it goes out, I recorded this yesterday. Yeah. Unless you're listening to this on Friday, then I listened to this two days ago. I could go on, I could go on, I won't. Um, So, Valentine's Day is obviously on the 14th of February. That won't move, it always is on Valentine's Day. So, Saint Valentine's Day, uh, as it should correctly be termed. Um, Uh... I, I, I'm, I, I'm, st- I'm stopping doing the Murder Mile mug of goodies because, as you all know, and I apologise to anyone who received one and they weren't in fabulous condition, some of the sweets inside, for some unknown reason, even though they were hard, if you put them near a mouse and the mouse happens to breathe, the, the sweet melts. It was like some of the Fox's Glacier Mints just melted. And just and they didn't melt in the wrappers. They melted everywhere and they seeped through the box. And, oh, God, it was disgusting. So uh, I've cleaned all of all of those mugs. I've replaced them. I think, uh, Nicola, you've just ordered one. So that's going in the post today. Uh, and it's clean. Don't worry. It hasn't got any icky inside. But I've replaced all the kind of the melty sweets with kind of love hearts and Palmer violets and stuff. Stuff like that that won't melt. Um, uh, so, uh, the, the, the last of the, uh, Murder Mile mug of goodies, I think we're down to two now, that is it, but I have ordered more Murder Mile mugs, uh, so for only £10, only £10, this is fantastic, only £10, uh, you can order an exclusive Murder Mile mug, it comes in a special kind of box so it can be transported around the world and it won't get damaged, uh, in there I will put, um, Murder Mile stickers, there's two different types of stickers, a Murder Mile fridge magnet, a nice decent sized one, uh, some badges as well, and a personalised thank you from me as well. Ooh. Obviously I write it on a little, uh, on my one-legged table. Um, so sometimes the writing might be a little bit wobbly. I apologise for that, but you know, um, <laughs> 
that's it. That's it. It's a wobbly table. What can I do? Um, so, so uh, yeah, my, uh, Valentine's Day is coming up. Uh, so if you want to, go to my website. You can uh, order on there. Valentine's Day. I never get anything for Valentine's Day. Because uh, my, ber- my birthday is four days after that. What? That, that's almost as bad as being born near Christmas Day. Ugh. Anyway, so, yeah, that'll be on the uh, um, uh, Mudamar website. So, um, quick update before we go into the red stuff. Where am I at the moment? You're probably asking. You're probably not asking. You're probably going, I don't give a shit where he is. Um, I am. This is why I've timed everything that Reg series to finish at this point and then me to do this episode here is because next week um, uh, I'm dry docking the boats. I'm literally ready to dry dock. So I'm about a quarter of a mile away from the uh, dry dock itself. I'm going to... Ooh, I'm going to drive the boat in and then it's basically like it's it's a lock really they close the doors behind me and then they drain all the water out and then my boat basically sits on a on a um on basically two two pillars really so so i can see the underneath of the boat so that's where i'm going to be i'm going to be in there for about a week it's it's bitterly cold here so i won't be able to put the fire on uh i will be uh getting underneath and with a tiny tiny little trowel literally scraping the bottom getting rid of all the crap and the barnacles and uh or as last time snails i had about 500 snails underneath my boat uh doing that and then i've got to re-black it with this really thick bitumen stuff uh so i've got to do that i've got so much work to do so that'll be a whole week of just repairs on the boat so that'll be exciting looking forward to that i'll post some pictures online and you can all go ooh, exciting um it's very cold here it's gone gone below zero um i was about four miles away from the dry dock yesterday and i was like i looked out the window and thought oh shit i won't be able to get to the dry dock because it had iced over and it was so icy i tried really hard to take pictures of this there was (laughs) the coots the famous famous murder mile coots um they they were trying to get across the ice uh but obviously they can't get through like swans swans tend to be ice breakers they kind of use their bodies and break the ice and they they slowly get through the ice uh but coots can't because they're so small so what they were really funny they were trying to get to a patch of water that was uh that was um uh a patch of water that wasn't ice and the coots were walking across the ice they were kind of slip sliding across but the problem is coots are kind of the size of two hands and black and kind of quite roundish but then because they're wader birds they have kind of long legs that are kind of longer than their body and then big flat wader feet and it's really funny they were walking along the the um the ice half slipping and kind of in a really jerky motion and there's three of them in a little row and I was so desperate to take take some footage of it and I couldn't couldn't get to it in time so that was my that was my fun yesterday watching the the, the wader birds. <laughs> so, uh, what else today? Today's laundry day. Oh, exciting! I'll be in the laundry. That'll be good. Uh, and uh, I'm I'm now thanks to everyone who sent me lovely presents over over the last six months or year or whatever. But I am now seriously on a diet. Oh, I've got a big round belly, and I need to get rid of it. So uh, I'm off the cake. Uh, I'm off all sugars, well, except natural sugars. Uh, uh, I'm off Diet Coke. 
Yeah, I know. Even though it's Diet Coke, it's still not good for, good for me. And I, I, So I've had my three days of Diet Coke headaches. So they've gone now, thank God. Uh, so I'm just on uh, fresh fruit and veg at the moment. And that's it. That's it. That's all I'm eating for the next couple of months until I trim down into a, uh, a less portly uh, and rotund way. Yeah, I'm a little bit Winston Churchill here at the moment. So, uh, right. Okay, okay. That was waffle out the way. Let's move on with some reg. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Ah, right. Q&A. Um, here's one from Simon Armstrong. During his confession, Tim Evans seemed to know details of how the bodies of Geraldine and Beryl were hidden and that Geraldine was strangled with a tie. Was he actually guilty? That's a fantastic question. It's one of those questions that's kind of... It's been up in the air for a long time. Because obviously, um, if you look at the case evidence at the start, they kind of say it's kind of clear to the jury and the solicitors that Tim murdered his wife and then he murdered his child. Because he gave those three uh, individual statements. And obviously... Uh, Tim's mum throughout said he's he's entirely innocent. This is a travesty of justice, and Tim's mum and his sister have have held to that forever. They literally they st- still still even to this day still elements that they're trying to clear of his name even today, even though he was um, found not guilty and he was po- posthumously pardoned, which is you know it's better to be pardoned when you're alive than when you're dead. But he was posthumously pardoned. Um, but obviously, when when Reg was arrested, Reg actually admitted to murdering murdering Beryl, but not Geraldine, which was weird. He, he admitted to one, but not the other, 
which is a, an interesting side to Christie, that he would never admit to killing killing the child, killing Geraldine, but he was okay with killing Beryl. Um, so obviously they had to reinvestigate the case. Um, Beryl's Beryl and Geraldine's bodies were uh, uh, exhumed uh, and double checked, and that, although on the bodies they couldn't find any uh, traces of carbon monoxide poisoning in Beryl. Uh, Dr. Tier, who was the uh, one of the pathologists working on it, said that because it had been about th- uh, three years since she'd been buried, that there was it was unlikely that they were going to detect carbon monoxide anyway, which would have been from the uh, from the gas that Christie had given them. Um, but you're absolutely right, Simon. Um, so if you look at the statements, the three statements that Timothy Evans gave, you got the first one, which is. After about two weeks, he'd been prevaricating. He'd been in Merthyr Vale with his uh, uh, aunt and uncle. He was very worried about... He was worried about his his wife... Uh, sorry, he was worried about his daughter uh, growing up with that, that couple in East Acton, if you remember that. And then he knew that Beryl was dead and that she'd been put down the drain in front of the house. That's what he'd been told. He was worried about that. He was in a, a massive emotional turmoil. So he went to the Merthyr Vale police station... Uh, there was de- uh, de- Detective Constable uh, Evans, no relation, um, and he gave his statement. And when you listen to that statement, it's it clearly is Tim. It's clearly bullshit. Because if you remember, he, he says something like, I won't do the voice. <laughs> I, can't, I, I tried to do it on, on the last tour I did, <laughs> um, and I couldn't remember how to do it. Um, but Tim said, um, Beryl wanted to have an abortion... Uh, he was against that, which is partially true. Um, he met a guy on a, a in a truck stop on the way to Ipswich. Uh, he can't remember where, and the guy gave him a, a bottle and said, "Your wife needs to take these uh, uh, after breakfast, no, before breakfast." Uh, and then, if you remember correctly, then Tim said he he took them home. His wife wanted a cigarette. She found the bottle in his pocket. He explained what the bottle was, uh, but he told her, "Don't take them." Now, even though that is lies, the bulk of that that is lies. Oh, uh, and then he, and then he said, uh, obviously he um, he took the body downstairs and put it uh, in front of the um, uh, down the manhole cover. And it, if if you remember correctly, he said he said Christie had nothing to do with it. Right. Even though all of that first statement that he gave at Merthyr Vale is lies. <coughs> oh, excuse me. It is all quite clearly Tim's voice. When you when you read it in its entirety, it's entirely Tim's voice. Uh, it's it's him thinking his way through it, and basically the detective just sits there and just basically tran- transcribes it. There's very little interaction going on at all. At all. Um, but obviously, so that would have been November the thirtieth uh, when Tim made it to. I'm, I'm working off my notes here, so. Uh, this is all just in my head. So it was around the 7th of December when he was at Notting Hill Police Station. The, he gave his other two statements. If you l- listen to those statements, I've, I've given examples of them in the episodes. Um, Tim hadn't slept in days. He was really tired. He was hungry. He was very confused. Uh, and it is very much believed that he was coerced by the police in order to make that confession. So... um one of the statements is uh, Tim says it starts with him saying uh, about Beryl. He says she was incurring debt after debt, 
And even Tim's mother said, do you know, he was a simple boy. Do you know, he wasn't he wasn't well educated. He wouldn't have used words like incurred. It's not it's not it's not in his vocabulary. Um, and also there, there were there were things in those later statements that Tim could never have known. So, like, it, it said that um, uh, the Beryl was wrapped in a green tablecloth, uh, okay, which was his green tablecloth, which was upstairs, uh, and that she was in the wash house. Now, Tim hadn't seen her in the wash house. Reg said that he was going to move the body, that he was going to do it himself. They, they, if we can believe as much as we can believe, uh, Tim and Reg moved the body down to Mr Kitchener's flat on the first floor. It's hard to know who is correct because there are multiple versions about this. But as, but if you if you believe some of the honesty in Tim's statement, there's no way that he knew he thought the body was downstairs in the under the manhole cover. That's where Reg said he had put it, and he hadn't seen Reg do it. But obviously, Reg hadn't done it. He put it in the wash house. So if Tim had at some point seen the body inside the wash house, he would have also seen that Geraldine was dead too. But he didn't think Geraldine was dead. He the the shock of finding out from the police that Geraldine was dead. That was a, a real moment for Tim. So actually, uh, if you look at the third statement after that, the third statement is the one where Tim entirely confesses to the murder, but he's clearly innocent. He's he literally is. You can you can almost see it in the statement that the police are coercing him in order, and they're re, they're writing it. As not as he's saying it, but they're writing it. They're going. So what about this? Did you see your wife here with the green tablecloth? He goes yes. Da 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 da. You know, as as I said in the episode, Tim was easily led. He was easily led by um, Christy and many other people because he was just quite a simple boy. So uh, I mean, this is this is a debate that still goes on today. There's still loads of theories out there, and the problem is no one was there. Everyone who was there is dead. And none of this can be proved. Uh, the police, uh, that was their statement. They wrote down the statement. But this was back before the days when um, uh, whenever anyone was interviewed, it would be recorded. So there's no recordings of it. There's no uh, other statements. It literally is the police wrote the statement and then that was it. That was it recorded forever. And you you took it as fact that the uh, these were the, the per, uh, Tim's words, and obviously at the the end Tim signs it as true and accurate, and that's a legally binding document. So all of Tim's statements, all three of them, which are all full of inaccuracies and coercion, um, led him led to Tim's death. Really, so so yeah, we we'll never know about that. There's obviously uh, lots of uh, details in all of those statements which lead to the fact that they they were uh, coerced but there, there was no repercussions against the police uh for that so um hmm. it's going to remain a bit of a mystery that one um question here from sarah stone uh what would christie be diagnosed as today good question good question what would he be diagnosed as today um this is going to be interesting. I've I've got some. Uh, I've got. I'm doing a tour actually this Friday for the uh, criminology department of the University of Wisconsin. Uh, so there's about 26 students that I will be um, uh, giving a guided tour of Soho's murders to, and I'm going to see if they know about Christie. I'm going to get them to listen to the series and see what they think. But 
Cool. I mean, this is one that you could all probably join in on with this. See, see if you agree. I would say, I would say, okay, on the basis level, a sociopath. Right off the, right off the cuff, because he has no real care about other people. He lives his, in his own little world. Everyone else is there for his own facilitation. Do you know? Um, it's it's all about the self. So I would say on the basis level, he's a sociopath. Um, he's definitely a serial killer. You can definitely say that because obviously he killed his first two victims. Uh, there was a gap of a year between each and then he took a gap of six years and then there was more murders. And then at the end, he had a spree of three. So he's without a doubt a serial killer. Do you know, he's um, he, he killed more than three uh, and there was a space in between. He's almost certainly a sexual sadist. Um, whether he, because obviously, as we've seen, do you know, he would uh, take trophies from his victims, uh, their clothes, their jewelry, uh, pubic hair, as we've seen. Um, now, whether he was a necrophile is still debatable at the moment, because uh, it is well, um, because a lot of the bodies weren't found the next day. A lot of them were found, do you know. Uh, the nearest that some of them were found were kind of weeks after their death. It's hard to... And, and because some of them were, were prostitutes as well, it's hard to determine whether he had sex with them as uh, a punter with a prostitute. Oh, why is my nose getting bunged up now? Uh, trying to find my tissues. I put them somewhere. Where have I put them? That's so frustrating. Oh, there they are. Oh, um, so whether he had sex with uh, the prostitutes as a punter or uh, whether as he strangled them and suffocated them whilst they were still semi-conscious, which is what is believed that he raped them whilst they were dying or after they died. Uh, it's hard to tell. Obviously, forensics weren't wasn't great then. It wasn't 100 percent. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry if you all heard me blow my nose. That was a bit disgusting. Um, so we're unsure if he was a necrophile. Uh, but obviously Christie seemed to thrive on those circumstances, didn't he? The kind of... Um, I think what made, what made him a... A relatively... He wasn't the most... He wasn't the, the most efficient serial killer ever. He wasn't... A, even though he thought of himself as a bit of a genius, he really wasn't. He was really a victim of... Not a victim of circumstance. He thrived on those circumstances. So he'd got everything around him that was perfect. He'd got a war going on. He'd got a city that was in rubble. There were thousands, uh, technically millions of missing people. Uh, because of abject poverty, there were loads of regular women who'd had to turn to prostitution to survive. Um, thousands, if not millions, of displaced people. There was body parts everywhere. There was death. So uh, he really, he thrived on those circumstances. Um, whether he would have thrived as well in the modern era, I think that's unlikely. I also, I also think it's we're probably going to get less serial killers now because with the, you know. So cameras everywhere, cameras everywhere, and you know, uh, uh, increases in uh, DNA technology and stuff like that. I really don't think that someone like Christie would really thrive uh, today, especially as we don't really have um, things like the Blitz going on anymore. So, uh, what, what what would Christie be diagnosed as? Almost certainly um, psychopath as well. 
But I would I would say I'd definitely say a sociopath right at the, right at the top of the list because it because it's not about it's not about death it's not about gorge you know he doesn't cut up the bodies he doesn't dismember them it it really is about it's about control it's like he's he's very much kind of a, a rapist out of control really because rape isn't rape isn't about um, rape isn't about sex. Rape is about power. Um, so yeah, no, it's hard. It, I, I wonder if if anyone is out there and uh, is a not a sociopath. <laughs> oh God, my brain is gone. Uh, if anyone uh, is out there does know what he would be defined as today, let us know. Um, I'm on the uh, Murder Mile discussion group. Let us know. That'll be interesting to know. Uh, another question here from Lorraine Wed. How can I not pronounce your name, Lorraine? Lorraine Ledwell. <laughs> I put a W in where I shouldn't have done. Uh, so, question from Lorraine: uh, Did Christie ever voice the reasoning why he kept his victims' pubic hairs, and what other trophies did he keep? Um, no, he didn't actually. That was one of the things he denied uh, that it was his. Obviously, these the 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 box of pubic hairs was found in the G's Linktus. Uh, pastels box in the back garden by a policeman um uh christy never said they, they were his he uh he denied that most of the things were in fact with a lot of his statements afterwards when he was arrested like when he was arrested on putney bridge and taken to uh, putney police station even his statements that i've used a lot of here a lot of them were the police having to like he would deny everything, and then the police will go, "Well, we've just found this," and he go, "Oh well, do you know." He would he he would have to rethink everything, and then he he the only time he'd admit to things is when the police admitted that they had full evidence for this. So with the pubic hairs, I can't find any evidence that says that he admitted that they were his. But obviously, who who's else? Who else's uh, pubes were they? Um, we still don't know who the fourth pubic hair is. Obviously, the three clumps of pubic hair was um, Rita Nelson, Kathleen Maloney, and Hectorina McClellan. But there was a fourth set uh, there as well. Uh, and we don't know who they were from. Um, there is a suggestion that they may have been removed from a woman who was still alive at the time. Because um, they said there, there was some uh, regrowth on it. So... Um, so he he could have he may have asked a prostitute to um remove her pubic hair for him that could have been one of his things we we don't know i haven't found that in any statements anywhere but so he definitely kept pubic hairs um obviously he was a photographer uh, or an amateur photographer he liked taking photos he took photos of beryl and the baby uh, as i mentioned in the last extra mile he took photos of pat who lived in what was Mr. Kitchener's flat on the first floor, um, and asked her whether he could take some nudie photos of her, um, which he said no to. He he did this quite a lot. So obviously he took a lot of photos. Those were kind of his things as well, his memories. Uh, off many of his victims, he stole uh, jewellery. Um, now, what when he was obviously getting a lot more, when he uh, quit his job and he was becoming quite poor, he sold many of these. So he sold a lot of the jewellery uh, in the local pawn shops. That kind of kept him going for a while. Um, interesting. Um, he also... There were also uh, the victims... So in a big trunk, he had the victims' bags, clothes and shoes. Um, now, some of these he would keep 
as mementos, but many of them he gave away to other women as treats. So, so as I've mentioned in the story previously, he would in, entice women around to his flat, and he'd go, "Oh, do you know you like uh, with uh, with Kathleen Maloney? Like one of the ways he lured her in was like a, a bed for the night." And some uh, some secondhand clothes. They all needed kind of. It was cold. It was winter. They all needed uh, nice clothes. He got some of his wife's clothes. What he said was his wife's clothes, but obviously there were many of his victims. Uh, so, and interestingly, uh, the Blackout Ripper used to do exactly the same. He used to take his victims' um, personal possessions and he'd give them away to other women as gifts. This was one of the sides of the Blackout Ripper story that I I tried to dig in a bit deeper to, but it was hard, really hard to get the details on it. There were um, some interesting letters in the um, uh, the original Blackout Ripper police file where the police had decided to track down some of the Blackout Ripper's uh, other girlfriends, because obviously he had ladies tucked away everywhere, and uh, track down uh, presents that he'd given them, because obviously he'd given them... Uh, handbags and things like that obviously you're probably thinking god why would anyone receive a second hand handbag but don't forget that was world war Two. it's kind of you know if someone's gonna give someone's gonna give you a leather handbag and it's world war Two, and everything is rationed and it's hard to get stuff you're not gonna say no you're gonna know it's second hand but at the same time you're gonna be like yeah fantastic i'll have that so um yeah there was loads of um things that he kept uh, loads of trophies, um, but many of them were destroyed. Uh, so when he was leaving his house, obviously he left his house on the 20th of March, 1953. Why can I remember that? I have no idea. Uh, uh, don't have a cold. Um, but it, just as he was leaving, obviously I mentioned that there was a couple who he illegally rented out his house to. I can't remember their names at the moment. Uh, John and John and Mary O'Reilly. John and Mary Riley. Why can I remember that? I have no bloody idea. Um, um, obviously, John Riley, when he turned up uh, on that day uh, to get the keys to the house, uh, Christie was packing up his uh, suitcase and his trunk, and John Riley said that in the trunk it was mostly filled with women's clothes, uh, which is interesting. So he obviously kept a lot of clothes, whether they were his wife's clothes or his victim's clothes, we don't know. But a lot of these, um, a lot of these trophies are kind of missing now. I, I know many of them were destroyed in the back garden because he had the big metal tin, tin, uh, sorry, bin in the back garden where they found the fragments of uh, Ruth First's skull. The ninety-two fragments of Ruth First's skull, uh, but in there also was newspapers and various bits of debris so uh, a lot a lot of stuff was destroyed uh so we don't know where that is which is uh hmm interesting core oh, dear why am i getting all bunged up oh so question here from uh christine mitchell there's a couple of questions here so i'll do them individually uh do you have a postal address set up yes i've got a p.o box uh because i live on a boat obviously uh they there is actually a service called Boat Mail, where there is a, a kind of a boat that goes around, they deliver your post to you, but I've never used it. Um, I just have a P.O. box in Soho, so when I go in to do my tours, I go and collect uh, my, my post. Do you pay council tax? Yes. Uh, I pay a river licence, and in that river licence, um, obviously for people who don't know, a council tax is kind of a a generic additional tax that they, that they're... Each council... Uh, uh, each 
each household has to pay to the council each year. It's normally like about a thousand pounds, and that covers for uh, uh, removing uh, refuse and stuff like that. You know, uh, uh, blah blah blah, etc. So yeah, I do pay a council tax, but I it's through a river license, and it basically um, all the boroughs that I live in because I have to move, each of them gets. A percentage of my council tax so because I don't live in one borough it gets spread across all the boroughs uh, and there's kind of a team that goes around and they check where every single boat is so they know how to distribute it um, what happens to all your stuff uh, I guess you have to be ruth ruth ruthless about what you take on board or do you have a self-storage container somewhere nope I moved onto the boat having got rid of uh, 90% of all the stuff that was in my flat originally. Uh, and then when I moved onto the boat, I realised there was even less space, so I got rid of almost everything. I was left with uh, just a couple of books and my clothes and a laptop, and that was it. So and, and it was quite cathartic. I got rid of a lot of a lot of, a lot of stuff. Like I kept a lot of things that I kind of I thought were memories, but really kind of, you know. You don't need half the stuff, do you? Uh, a question re murder mile from Christine. Uh, uh, you are pretty sarcastic about most parts of London you visit in the episodes. Are there any bits you actually like? Um, it, oddly, because it's in the... It, it, the sarcastic bits are actually just really a joke, really. I'm not... I, I don't really hate London at all. I quite like London. Um, I, I just like adding in sarcasm it's kind of the london tone really if you've lived in london long enough uh, and it's a british thing as well we also don't like we also don't like bigging ourselves up and going on about how great we are um we we prefer to be sarcastic so that's really why i put those bits in there um but you know i i love all of london i what i just i love all the back streets i love Every time I walk into town or somewhere, I always take a new new location. I walk around all the back streets. I just love having a good old potter around. It uh, keeps me very entertained. Uh, cool. Okay. Brill. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, a question from Tracy Armstrong. Uh, did you ever meet up with the, the Blackout Ripper's grandson? Uh, I've put in here slash great nephew because I can't remember. Uh, was there any clues in his past which gave away to a hint of what was to come? Um, we we never did meet up. We we we've exchanged a couple of emails, and uh, but I've kind of left him to do his own thing at the moment, just because it's it's obviously quite a big thing, isn't it, to find out that uh, uh, an important relative in your life is is a serial killer or a spree killer. Uh, so he's going off talking to his family about it uh so i've kind of left him to do that at the moment um uh, i i was going away to research the other cases that uh it is believed the blackout ripper committed uh unfortunately the uh, original police files aren't available which is a bit of a pig uh but hopefully one day one day they'll be released but no we, uh, we we've never met up i think that was the plan but uh we haven't done that yet i've kind of left him to do his own thing so uh but one day one day um a question here from dexy um will cop with no name be doing music for your new podcasts and where can i get their music well delighted to say i actually did meet up with um Eric and Johnny of Cult With No Name, uh, start of January, uh, 
which is very exciting. Uh, and I, I spoke to them and said, uh, could I use your music for the new podcast? And they were like, yep, absolutely. So that's done. Uh, I'm not too sure what, what the music will be yet, which is all very exciting. Um, and they've got a new album out uh, this coming April. So I'll probably be uh, I'll be advertising that soon. But uh, obviously, if you go to the uh, Murder Mile website, the link in the show notes if you go to podcast and then under there is about the music and there's some uh all of cult with no names albums and they're all they're really good i've got all of the albums um so next question we're almost at del core going down to the last question my word how did we whiz through that so quickly i say quickly it's been 45 minutes um question from um my girlfriend eva green yes do you know you know eva green uh, she was in uh, Casino Royale and Penny Dreadfuls. <sighs> it's a hard life being the, being the boyfriend slash butler slash slave to Eva Green. Uh, Eva's question is, why are you so damn sexy and why can't I stop thinking about you? Oh, well, Eva, did you know, interesting, interestingly, I've had exactly the same question come in from uh, Kate Blanchett, Amy Adams, Jessica Chastain. I mean, the list is endless. The list, all these Hollywood celebrities who are, who just, uh, who want me. Oh, um, why am I so damn sexy? I think Eva's confused the word sexy with fat at the moment. <laughs> and why can't I stop thinking about you? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. There, there, there must be a reason. Maybe I accidentally locked you out of the boat, and that's why. You... I don't know. I don't know. Oh, Eva, such a tease. Anyway, right. Um, so now that this is done, we've done the Q and A episode. That was all very exciting. Uh, hope that filled in some details obviously you know you can still message me on any of the social media platforms with any questions i'll ask, answer them on there uh so now that's done uh i'm going to send off uh this book which kim won uh, kim hodgkins um won this on uh, one of my patreon listeners won this i did a competition to win i got a little reg christie book i didn't use it for the um the stories but it was kind of my fact checking book because it's quite nicely written it's only little as well so uh kim you're going to be receiving that i'll send that off today um all listeners what so what's happening next this is very exciting um uh this murder mile feed will go a little bit quiet for a while so um don't worry about that um that's just while i'm away working on all the other podcasts and working on the new murder mile podcast uh so don't unsubscribe because everything you need will be through this feed for now um if you want to um obviously we've already got like 65 plus episodes of murder mile already some people have already started doing this they've they started going back and listening to the old episodes so uh please do if if you re-listen to one a day this can be like one of your five a day this will be your one one of your five a day oh i'm getting so bunged up uh by the time you've done that if you do one a day uh by the time hopefully by the time you've done that the new podcast new podcast number one hopefully will be done um and if if i can get it right hopefully uh i'll be almost done with a uh, new podcast two as well not all of them but hopefully the first episode because it'll take me a while to work out what they're going to be about that's i i want to do some rough versions first and then kind of see what i can do to make it better and you know faster and slicker and things like that uh and then hopefully by then as well i will have a release date for the new multi-parter 
so yeah, and um, so um, yeah, so it's going to go quiet for a bit, but don't worry, I'm I'm not. I'm gone into hiding. I'm just working on new podcasts. So hopefully by the end of this year, you'll have you'll have lots and lots of me in your ears, lovely jubbly. So. Uh, so thank you to everyone who's uh, listened to Murder Mile. Thank you to everyone who shared and uh, wrote, written reviews and supported Murder Mile. Uh, thank you to everyone who sent really lovely messages. It's really, it, it, you know, it does show, uh, you know, Murder Mile would be gone by now if it wasn't for you guys. So uh, Murder Mile is there uh, and we'll be coming back very soon. Uh, thank you to Cult With No Name for the music. Thank you for the music. Uh, thank you to everyone who's been on a Murder Mile walk. Um, tickets are still available. I'm still doing Murder Mile walks there every Sunday. Uh, they, they, it's getting a bit busy at the moment, which is very good. So <laughs> people are booking way in advance, which is great. So um, so that's it for a little while. Uh, so everyone, this is not a goodbye. Uh, this is just a different hello. So... From Murder Mile, this is Michael from Murder Mile, and I'm just going to say, see you soon. you like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment look younger feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with juvederm voluma xc reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with juvederm volure xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.